Pushkin. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is Solvable. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Many, many millions of gallons of retardants are used every year, right? The iconic red stuff you see being dropped from planes. In recent weeks, the Pacific coast has faced devastating wildfires. Because of climate change, uncontrolled fires have become increasingly frequent and increasingly destructive around the world, from Australia to Brazil to Oregon and California. But before they spread out of control, these fires often start in predictable places. I mean, we found that 80 percent plus of the fires in in California over the last 10 years have started routinely in the same sorts of hotspots. The familiar fire prevention strategies focus on giving fires less fuel by clearing flammable materials from around the home, keeping gutters and drains clear and cutting down dead and dying trees. But as the planet grows hotter and fire seasons keep getting longer, we might be ready for a higher tech approach. Something like jello? For the layperson, it it looks and feels, I don't know, not it's not as stiff as jello. Eric Apple is a professor of material science and engineering at Stanford University. He and his team have designed a new long-lasting fire retardant with a gel-like texture. It's sprayed over known hot spots before fires start. I believe that with the right technology in hand, this problem is solvable. I asked Apple why he's so passionate about this idea. He started by describing the sky outside his window. Right now, if I look out my window, I see a very uh, brown sky. It looks like it's twilight, but, you know, it's 10 o'clock in the morning and it should be uh, bright and sunny. I mean, I grew up in California. I'm Californian for almost my entire life. And, uh, you know, I have many graduate students in my lab at Stanford that come here from all over the place and they just sort of assume that it's normal. And I had to tell them, no, I mean, I don't remember this uh, ever when I was growing up. I mean, you'd hear about fires every once in a while on the on the news, but 
uh, it certainly in the last couple of years has become a completely regular thing. So I can certainly understand your eagerness to to help solve this problem. Solvable is about how you're going to do it. What's your solvable for dealing with these fires? Many, many millions of gallons of retardants are used every year, right? The iconic red stuff you see being dropped from planes. And that's really only ever used reactively. So once a fire has started, our main approach is trying to stop them before they start. Now, one of the the limitations that we were trying to address is if you want to go and pre-treat areas where you know fires are going to start, one of the primary limitations of the current retardants is that they don't stay where you put them. A high wind or heavy dew is enough to wash the retardants off the vegetation so they stop working. So what we sought to do was to to not create a new retardant, let's say, because we're using the same active fire retarding agent, but instead tweaking the performance additives so that the retardant stays on the vegetation throughout the duration of the fire season. So you can spray one time in June, let's say, um, and have protection against fire starts all the way through until the rainy season comes. So can you describe this stuff? What's it like if you touch it? How does it feel? (laughs) It's not quite a gel. A lot of people think of jello when they think of a gel, and it's not thick like that. It looks kind of like cream, really. Um, So what we developed in, in my lab improves the adherence. So more of what you spray actually sticks on the vegetation and it uh, improves the durability. So it's really only once you get into the rating season um, that the materials will wash away and simply biodegrade in the soil. Yeah. Is the evidence in? I mean, do you know it works? Yeah. So we did pilot scale studies to test it ourselves and we tried to burn it. Um, It was actually kind of fun because, you know, we would do the experiments and, and see that the fire would not actually ignite even through extensive weathering. So we rained a half an inch on it and let it sit in the environment for uh, six weeks, the treated grass, uh, it wouldn't burn. And so some of the folks that we were working with started just drawing funny faces in the grass with a, with a torch, because even if you took a torch to it, it wouldn't ignite. Wow. Then we, we were able to step it up and actually do some full scale pilot studies and and treated uh, a number of roadside segments in Southern California. You know, many of them are small, but every one of these ignitions requires crews to go out and put them out. So they use a lot of resources that take up firefighters' time that they could be spending doing things like controlled burns. And we reported that there were zero fires in the treated areas. Eric, this is a very targeted intervention, right? You don't need to treat the whole forest. You just go where the fire is most likely to happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I think that's uh, an important misconception that I see a lot of places that, you know, we're not talking about treating the entire forest like you would with a controlled burn. We're talking about treating only right where the fires are likely to start. And so if you envision a roadside where if you have a car that overheats and it pulls over into the grass right next to the roadway uh, or somebody throws a cigarette butt out of their window It only lands right next to the roadway. And so you only have to treat right there. And what's beautiful about that is that, let's say, a 20-foot wide treatment protects all of the forest beyond it. Yeah. And this cream that you're spraying, is it it safe for plants and trees and birds and animals and and people? I mean, there's something about the look of that red stuff coming out of planes that I, I always think I would not like to be underneath it. 
Yeah. So we, when we were developing this, we specifically designed it to be safe. Uh, that was one of the, the primary concerns because anything you're putting out in the environment, you want to be 100% certain that it's safe and effective. We designed it using cellulose, so just plant matter and a thing called colloidal silica, which you can think of as nano sand. So it's just primarily sand and cellulose. These are products that are already used in in food products and pharmaceutical products. And so they're they're widely used and we have a really good understanding of their environmental safety and their safety to plants and animals and fish. It sounds kind of obvious. If the stuff that we're spraying blows away, why not come up with some stuff that won't blow away? Is it, why wasn't something like this tried before you got onto it? Um, I think this is a, a great example of how innovation often takes place right at the intersection of fields. The majority of my lab actually focuses on drug delivery. You know, we're in the process of developing an HIV drug, trying to make it so that instead of needing to, let's say, have a, an infusion of anti-HIV antibodies once every two months, you can get instead a, a, a single uh, injection and you would get nine months or a year's worth of protection. And what we were able to do here is apply that same sort of thinking, right? This is really a delivery problem. The active fire retardant agent works great if it exists where it needs to be, when it needs to be there. At risk of uh, revealing my my uh, ignorance of chemistry, can you go a little further into how it works? I mean, I guess what I would understand that to mean is that something that's water-soluble that would get dissolved if it rained is adhering to something that's not water-soluble, sol- like, a, like a gel or, or an oil. I mean, is that what's happening here? Yeah. So when people think of gels, they think of sort of wet, squishy stuff. You know, so it's the gel-like nature that allows it to adhere better. But then once it dries into a film, you can think of it kind of like like nail polish or something like that, right? Or paint where it, it dries into a, a film, but it's not it's not thick like paint and it doesn't suffocate the plants or anything like that. It just, it creates a more robust film. And so this is where I could nerd out all day on the polymer science of this, but one of the beautiful things about polymers, because we use cellulosic polymers that are biorenewable resources. And when they dry, they sort of get all stuck together and entangled. The sort of go-to thing when talking about what are polymers like, it's kind of like a bowl of spaghetti. And so you can think of the longer the spaghetti, the more tied up they are with their neighbors and the harder it is to grab one piece and, and pull it apart from the rest. And so... In our case, we have these cellulose polymers, and when they dry into a film, they end up holding on really tightly to the fire retardant. So it just ta- it takes more water, more rainfall to get those films to dissolve away. That's fascinating. Your lab was focused on these time-release, de- delayed-release mechanisms for something completely different. How did you get the idea to apply that to fire prevention? At a family barbecue. <laughs> family barbecue. Uh, so my brother-in-law, uh, Jesse Acosta, he was the fire prevention forester for the state of Hawaii for many years. And it came about when we were talking. So he was the one that originally identified that fires routinely start in the same areas. He was the one that had the original idea to say, oh, well, 
if we could only treat these areas beforehand, then we could stop them before they even start. To me, when we were talking about this, it was clear that, oh, this is a controlled delivery problem. It's a, it's a great story. So firefighter meets material scientist, presumably over beers at a family barbecue. <laughs> um, Eric, I know you've had time to test some of this work and coordinate a bit with Cal Fire. Was the retardant you're talking about in place this spring? Have we seen the results with any of the, these awful fires that are going on right now? So the materials are now fully commercially available. They're being sold by the main company that produces all of the fire retardants uh, that you see being dropped out of planes and whatnot. Um, the product is actually called Fozcheck Fortify, and it is their sort of premier product for fire prevention. And so um, I believe the company has been uh, conducting projects in various places around the state for, like we mentioned before, this targeted prevention of wildfires in, in hotspots that are known to cause a lot of fires. But were we too late for this year or is this stuff being used? Is it too late to use it now? So unfortunately, probably not. Um, over the last couple of years, the fall has been really the most severe part of the season. We do need to be thinking, you know, at the individual level, at the community level uh, of ways that we can be mitigating fires, especially in these areas that are near where a lot of people live, because they're the ones that have the greatest chance to cause the most death and destruction. Yeah, I mean, obviously, these fire crews are, you know, fully occupied and then some right now they don't have much capacity to work on mm -hmm. preventive measures. Next year, the fires are going to, at some point, fire season will be over and there will be a break. Do you have big plans for next year? Yes, absolutely. I mean, and that's where, you know, I, firefighters recognize this. I mean, they are very clear on, on what needs to be done during the off season, but a lot of other people sort of forget about fires during the off season. And, and I think it's uh, important to realize that as we recognize that fire seasons are getting more and more and more severe, more time and more money needs to be put into mitigation efforts to rejuvenate our uh, a healthy relationship with the forest to help set us up for greater success going into the fire season. Yeah, it sounds super exciting, Eric, but we're not seeing it reduce fires currently, right? So are we at a turning point around deploying prophylaxis, as you say, as, as a strategy? I think so, absolutely. And really what we've developed is a tool. We don't want to stop all fires. Fire is healthy for the forest. And so what, what we really hope is that this technology that we've developed can help prevent fires in the places that pose the greatest danger to people and property. And at the same time, support efforts to build a, a healthier relationship with the forest, right? The materials that we've developed can be, you know, leveraged during controlled burn efforts, uh, for example, to make them faster and more efficient and, and more effective and protect older, mature trees, protect infrastructure that may be in the forest. And in some ways, the materials that we've developed can, can help those efforts. We'd like to end the show by asking for suggestions for things listeners can do to help with this problem. Obviously, we know from Smokey Bear that only they can prevent forest fires. But, <laughs> you know, beyond that, what can people in California and I guess not in California do to, to help with, the, with this terrible tragedy we see? One is be really cognizant 
of your surroundings. You know, there are a lot of accidental fire starts that could have been mitigated, like just thinking about uh, forest fire as being something that that is a huge risk. Another one is I would encourage people really to pursue creating defensible spaces around their homes. So it's creating a, a 100 foot barrier, making sure that leaves and excess, you know, potential fuels are removed from your roofs or gutters or just from around the house in the first place. And also, I mean, every county, every, I guess, uh, maybe even not just at the county level, has uh, fire safe councils that are sort of mixtures of fire personnel as well as local landowners, but more engagement in those sorts of things would be really helpful. There are a lot of policies that really I guess are, are not as helpful for uh, incentivizing people to be as fire safe as possible. And so even talking to your local and state representatives about investing more into these sort of fire prevention opportunities. I don't think there's as much buy-in as there could be or should be. So many people forget about wildfire season, you know, during the five or six months in the off season and we need to be more prepared. Eric Apple is a professor of materials science and engineering at Stanford University. Remember to check out our show notes for links to suggestions for ways that you can reduce fire risks and learn more about wildfire prevention. Solvable is brought to you by Pushkin Industries. Our show is produced by Camille Baptista, senior producer Jocelyn Frank. Catherine Girardeau is our managing producer, and our executive producer is Mia Lobel. Special thanks to Heather Fain, Eric Sandler, Carly Migliori, and Khadija Holland. I'm Jacob Weisberg. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.